successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining us today on 980 AM and on Apple Podcasts or on other podcast networks or on the website, grillnationshow.com. Exciting show today. I hope you're having a great fall as we enter kind of mid-November here and uh, and continue to look forward. I can't believe it's uh, a couple weeks from Thanksgiving and Christmas is on the way. It's crazy right now, and it, it's been the 70s every day. So we live and we learn in 2020, that's for sure. Uh, today's show, we are going to be joined by uh, Justin Watkins, who is the CEO and founder of Native Digital and Jake Jacobson, who's the Vice President of Growth and Partnerships, as well at Native Digital. The website is nativedigital.com. Welcome to the show, Jake and Justin. How are you today? Great. Very well. Thanks for having us. Great to have you guys. I've had Justin on many years ago. I think it may be when you launched your company. I think it was about five years ago. (laughs) Very different scenario at that time. Very different, very different. Well, I want to have you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, first off, um, Justin, why don't you kind of kind of take us through uh, your background, and then we'll, we'll move over to Jake here. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, you know, background, um, grew up as a kid who knew how to draw, tried to figure out what that meant as a career in college, uh, ended up entering the industry through uh, UX design. And so spent this, the first several years of my career really just in digital uh, kind of at the intersection between design and, and those types of things. Eventually that led to, you know, roles as uh, creative director and then, you know, VP of digital or VP of creative. And, uh, you know, about 15 years into the career, decided uh, the next most difficult thing I could imagine was uh, going out, starting my own shop. And that's what Native uh, became five years ago. And I think that's probably the last time we talked in this format uh, was really kind of just setting sail on that on that journey and seeing what uh, came about. I think at that point it was one guy in his basement trying to make a go of it. Uh, lots of ambition and lots of questions on how to get there. Uh, so over the past five years, uh, we've hired a team of, you know, strategists, uh, analytical thinkers, as well as creatives and really put them in the same room and try to help them understand each other's disciplines and, and respect what that brings and see what happens when they work together and that experiment is starting to pay off. Now we've got a team of 25 and seeing creatives who know how to speak to things like CTR and ROAS is pretty funny and interesting and has its benefits and, and seeing the analytical thinkers who enjoy seeing how the creative comes together and how that has better performance in marketing is also pretty cool. So we built a really good team, really proud of them. You drew as a kid, what were you drawing? Everything. I went through phases. 
So, you know, one year when I'm really little might be dinosaurs. And then as you get older, you start drawing athletes and then you start drawing buildings and whatever your interest is. And you, and you, you were good at it? I was pretty good at it. Yeah. Okay. I was good at, I was good enough at it that adults would come to me and say, can you draw this for my company or can you do a cover of this? And I thought, you know, I don't know. I don't know what this looks like. You grow up in a small town. You don't see artists or designers. That's not a job you see often in a small town, but I'm like, I think it's unusual that adults are coming to a kid to ask for these things. So this has to be a job somewhere. <laughs> Where'd you grow up again? I grew up in Trenton, Missouri. Trenton, Missouri. Okay. Yeah. I, yep. I've heard of that before. I don't know if I've ever been there, but I've heard uh, of it. Maybe not. It's, it's small town, about 6,000 people up in North central Missouri. Very cool. And then, Jake, and then you've got Jake on the line here. Who's, who's uh, from Iowa. And, and by the way, you know, Jake and I met, uh, I don't know what, probably what, four years ago. And Native was still, you know, many ways, uh, an upstart idea at that point. And, and Jake was kind of seeing uh, some of the work that we were doing. And he and I, you know, it's one of those things where you go out and have a beer, have a lunch, and you're just talking about all the potential. And then you finally get to that point where it just aligns really well. And so Jake joined the team about a little over a year ago. And it's been good stuff uh, ever since. Yeah, Jake, you've come you've come a long way in a lot of different fashions, and uh, <laughs> now you're at the, a growing company. Um, yeah, no, tell us yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, moved to Kansas City 20 years ago, as Justin said. I grew up in Central Iowa, another um, you know town of 6,000, and so I moved down here, and I was working at the Kansas City Star, and got a lot of great experience there. I got some leadership experience. But working nights, weekends, and holidays wasn't the best way to, you know, be a young business person who loves a good social life. And so uh, then I saw that there was a PR job at Garmin. And I knew a little bit about Garmin, but I didn't know as much as I probably should have when I applied. But suddenly I found out that I was able to do PR uh, for running, biking, and hiking. And uh, I suddenly end up going to the Tour de France and running New York Marathon and Chicago Marathon with Runner's World editors. And so it was a great way to immerse myself in the world of PR. And I realized that being a good shameless hack about something that I love uh, could actually be a solid career. And then uh, probably, about, I guess it was, yeah, seven years ago, an opening came up at Children's Mercy to be able to share those stories on the national level. And I remember thinking, First of all, I was thinking, why would a children's hospital need a PR person? I mean, if your kid is sick, you take him to the hospital. Um, and then I quickly learned after averaging more than 2,000 stories a year with Children's Mercy, how important it was to have good PR there. Uh, but I loved that uh, opportunity to just get immersed in the community and to be able to represent Children's Mercy around town, around the country. And um, I thought to myself, the only thing that I would leave for maybe to do my own thing, um, but then my friends who are smarter than I am would tell me that I have no idea how to run a business, which is very true. And every time I would talk about it, I would say, you know, if I were to do my own thing, I would do it just like my friend Justin Watkins is doing over at Native. And then my friends would say, well, that's even dumber. You would start an agency to compete directly against a friend who's doing it really well. Um, and so I, I realized those were all bad plans. And so about a year and a half ago, I was being recruited pretty heavily for a, a job in DC. And a mentor of mine said, before you post on LinkedIn, because I didn't want to leave Kansas City, um, but he said, before you just post on LinkedIn that you're moving to, to D.C., you probably are a phone call away from any job you want in Kansas City. So if there's anybody you want to work with, give them a call. And so I literally walked out of that happy hour. I texted Justin, and we had lunch the next day. 
And I laid all of this out and, you know, talk about laying yourself bare. And, uh, and he says to me, he's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right there. And I'm like, Oh man, I didn't even get to my pitch. I'm really bad at this. And, uh, and he said, you know, he had actually been picturing working with me as well. And so we figured out what that role would look like and talking about what the growth of native looks like. Um, and so it was just this great opportunity to get in at an agency still very much in the entry or the early level of its growth, but yet one that already has this established success with rebranding the city of San Jose, launching the Crossroads Hotel. Um, so I was already a big fan of Justin and of Native. And so joining and becoming you know, their biggest cheerleader, um, whether it's at a national conference or in a local pitch session, was pretty easy transition. That's awesome. We're going to break into that. I have a few questions about that meeting when we come back from break. Uh, today's show, we're with Native Digital. Their website is nativedigital.com. Uh, Justin Watkins is the CEO and founder, and Jake Jacobson is the vice president. He works in growth and partnerships. We're going to talk about kind of all the different services they offer, why they do what they do, break into a little bit more of that story about uh, how this all came about. I have a couple other questions in the next segment for Justin around kind of the growth. Uh, we're going to be talking all about it. We're going to learn a lot from these guys today here on the Grill Nation show. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be right back after the break. I used to bite my tongue and hold my breath. Scared to rock the boat and make a mess. So I said quietly, agreed politely. When I'm Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I am Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me again today on 980 AM or on podcast. Go to our website, grillnationshow.com. You can find all of my podcast guests and all the information about the show. Also on social media, at Jason Grill on Twitter and at Grill Nation Show. Also on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search for the name Jason Grill. I appreciate everyone reaching out uh, for show guests or uh partnerships or uh, features. So thank you very much for that. And thanks for listening. Uh, we've had a really good month uh, and year, actually. Uh, more people are tuning into podcasts and to radio, which is great. We're joined again today by Justin Watkins, who's the CEO of and founder of Native Digital, and Jake Jacobson as well, Vice President of Growth and Partnerships at Native Digital. Their website is nativedigital.com. Uh, okay, Jake, you were telling us about, uh, we'll, we'll get into the, what the business does here in a little bit, but I have to stop you on the last segment where you, you were going to, you were getting recruited for a job in Washington, DC. You're, you, you're a Kansas city and through and through. I mean, you've been here for a long time now. Uh, I've obviously worked in many different areas in the community, uh, through all of your positions, uh, and you were recruited to move, uh, curious about that and kind of what, when did Justin stop you in that conversation that you had with them uh, about, you know, potentially teaming up with him or telling him how you felt about working with him? Well, like, like he said, I think basically since shortly after Native was started, we were introduced by a mutual friend. And so we would grab lunch or grab a beer and just use each other as a good sounding board and became good friends over that. And um, I think it was even before I was starting to get recruited by uh, this DC brand uh, that I was just like, man, it'd be really cool to work together. Let's, let's try to figure out a way to work together. And, you know, whether it was a freelance side hustle thing that I might be able to help the team on, and then the more that I watched what they were doing and learned more about the team, I was just like, man, I would just love to even help out, you know, like I'll just show up and help out. Um, but when uh, the recruitment became a little heavier, 
is when Justin and I started talking about what this could actually look like. Because I also started realizing that when you look at the creatives that are on the team at, at Native and also the strategists, again, I wouldn't want to be out there competing with them, you know? And so if I tried to open up a shop competing with Native, there's no chance. And so right. I was just like, to get the chance to work with those guys would be pretty amazing. And so that's why it was literally the only text I sent after my mentor said, you know, let anybody in town know that you'd want to work with them. And so well, I walked that, that mentor, what that mentor told you, I think is pretty interesting. It was. And he, and yeah, he said to me, he's like, with you, Jake and Justin, I mean, I've gone back and forth uh, pretty much yearly on uh, opportunities in other places or with the political background, going to DC or going to get a master's at, on the East coast. Or, I mean, I've, I've, but then, you know, you grow in your business and you love Kansas city. And then it's always like, we've all, I think all three of us have built uh, pretty good networks here. Uh, of course, and across the country. So it's it's always that decision. So your mentor's advice, I thought, was just very interesting. Yeah, I mean, he just told me, he goes, he goes, I that's a really sexy opportunity out in D.C., and I think it'd be a really, you know, it'd be a hell of a business card. Um, but he was just like, but you would miss Kansas City more than I realized, and Kansas City might miss me more than I was giving myself credit for. And so that's where he just said, let anybody know around town. And I wasn't casting a wide net. It was literally one text message to Justin asking if he'd be up for uh, lunch the next day. And as soon as we started talking, knowing the way that Native approaches clients, the way that Native approaches work, because um, I didn't think that I could ever be, you know, that agency guy. Um, and <laughs> I, I realized that this is one that I could absolutely see myself being a part of. And it's all because of the culture and the roster that Justin's put together over the last five years. And Justin, I mean, you were the first person Jake reached out to. That was nice. There's text. Anyone in Kansas City he could have talked to, he picked you. Yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, you know, in, in these types of situations, you're you were kind of talking about this earlier, Jason. It's like a lot of times people don't ask, right? Like his mentor's advice to to have that conversation is smart. If you work hard enough, you're gonna create opportunities sometimes you don't even realize exist. And and so, you know, he I think it was great that he followed that advice. I love the fact that he called me. Uh, because it made for a great, you know, conversation and, you know, I could even see where he was heading. I mean, he didn't even get to, I don't think he even really got to the ask because I cut him off and I said, Hey, listen, I think there's a fit here. You know, so we were both thinking it doesn't always work out right. Sometimes it's timing and you got to have both sides be in the right spot and have the, you know, kind of need the same thing. But I could sense that Jake was ready for something new and had an awesome opportunity in front of him, but it was going to take him out of Kansas city and, there's all kinds of other question marks around it. So, you know, it, to me, it was a no brainer. Um, our, our organization is, is good at building a, a culture that produces good work. We were not great at, um, uh, at business development or we weren't good at, we weren't good at promoting ourselves. We weren't, we were good at like, you know, earning a client through a referral, doing good work, and then being happy enough that they would tell their friend. And so that leads to steady organic growth, which is what has fueled us. Um, but when you, when you start to develop a good reputation, you also have, you know, opportunities and we needed someone to go out and ask for them on occasion or introduce us to people. And that's what, what Jake does. It, in fact, we like business development is kind of almost like a dirty word to us because it, business development isn't business development. It's just outbound sales for most people. And you're just bugging people and cold calling and things like that. We don't do that. It's more of like, how can we, is there someone that could need help and it's a good fit 
and how can we provide value until that's obvious? And that's a big part of what Jake's role is. That's why we have the role partnership in there. It's, it's trying to figure out, you know, who we can work with side by side. Are there companies that are trying to maximize their potential and we can help them do that? If so, then great. If not, then we'll assist them as best we can until it's time for that. That's, you know, we both saw that as a potential role and a good fit. And I'm glad that we were able to have that conversation uh, over lunch. So uh, let's talk about what you guys do now and, and break it down for layman serves, Jake or, or Justin, whoever wants to take this is I'm a, I'm a person with a business and I'm looking to grow. What would you guys help me with? People come to us, they're looking to solve one of two problems. They either are struggling to figure out who exactly they are and how they talk to their audience about that. So it's their brand, their messaging, you know, how they present themselves. And they have studied it and debated it and argued over it for years, usually by the time they come to us. And every meeting starts with this conversation about who we are and how we should present ourselves. And they finally had enough and they want to, to use someone who's outside of that world who can make some sense of it because it's become way too complex to them. And so brand strategy is a big piece of what we do. The other thing that people come to us for is they're trying to acquire customers and they need more leads, they need more sales. And they want to not just do marketing, but prove that there's going to be some return on that. And, you know, when they meet our performance marketing team and they see how we break it down and how we put together models and make projections about, you know, if you invest this, this is what you should get back. That's what they're looking for. And so that's, and that's what we provide. So it's kind of both ends of the funnel, right? We're either trying to fill the funnel by a really well articulated brand, or we're trying to, you know, acquire leads, acquire customers at the other end and, and, do some marketing math to show this is what I think will happen if you do these things. Yeah. And I think the, the key part there is there's a really tough challenge to tackle on either of those aspects, you know? And so we often say, we don't want to just sign on and just do marketing, you know, and hit autopilot, set it and forget it type thing. Instead, we want to get in at a point where there is a new story to tell, uh, whether it's through that brand identity or whether it's through uh, building out e-commerce. And so we have a lot of fun and the team likes working hard. You know, like I think they would get bored quickly if it was just something where it was a little bit brainless, but instead they love tackling these tough challenges. And that's when you get to see their wheels start turning. Yeah, Jake, what, you know, this new position now, you've been in it for uh, over a year now. Gosh, time flies. Um, why do you love what you're doing now? I mean, because I know you've been in public relations. I know you had social media, uh, press, you've done it all, man. What, what, what is this, what is this opportunity brought out of you, I guess, from a partnership perspective? So I think the, the, my favorite part is truly just finding ways to help all these different nonprofits, businesses, whether they're here in Kansas City, whether they're on either coast. Um, and like Justin said, it's not, it doesn't feel like business development. It doesn't feel like sales because we're not ambulance chasing out there. You know, not, I'm not trying to sell ice cream to Eskimos. I'm trying to be like me. Is that what you're saying, Jake? You don't want to because <laughs> uh, uh, I need, I'm going to have to sit down with you guys and do some metrics after this. <laughs> well, it's just, it's one of those are like, I, I would be, and I am a horrible. I say that Jake, because in many campaigns, I was called an ambulance chaser of some sort <laughs> when I was uh, practicing in politics. So well, those ambulances are really cool. It's so tempting to want to chase them. I, I don't blame you. Um, but no, but like, I guess the point is like, we want to make sure that it's a good fit for the client and for our team. And so like today we announced some new clients to our team and everybody got excited about all of them. And so it's not kind of like, oh boy, now there's just more busy work. Instead, it's something where we know the culture of the client fits well with the culture of our team. Um, so that's where, again, it doesn't feel like I'm trying to convince someone 
um, to you know hire us or convince someone to work with us. If it's not a great fit or if it's not the right time, then I'm happy to you know refer them to you know a freelance friend or a smaller shop uh, because maybe it's just this one little thing they need tackled. Uh, but when we look at our case studies and we hear from our clients that have been with us for you know a lot longer than they ever expected because they just always find a new challenge to tackle then that's when I get excited is, and even just hearing the reputation of native around town where everyone knows that you work with us and you get good results because we want to show our value. Um, and so that's, yeah. and I'm looking at this and we'll get into this in the next segment, but you know, you, you guys provide accountability with dashboards. You uh, have open source playbooks, participation. And then one of the most important words in this, in this time and age in our world is transparency where, you know, the no surprises policy on blended rates or on, on what you're going to charge, which I think is, as a consultant myself, I mean, you cannot have any type of surprises when you're dealing with a client in this world. What we've found in talking to our clients, and our, our clients have had a huge influence on how we've been shaped and formed, which is not, should not be a surprise, but I think more often than not, people become what they want to become, not what the their customers want them, Right. We've let our customers and our clients influence what we become. And we're constantly getting feedback from them and we're constantly having interviews and so what can we be doing better? And, you know, some of the things that came out are not surprising. They want performance. They want, they're looking for our expertise. Can we start there after the break? Sure, yeah. Thank you. We'll be right back on the Grill Nation show. Written in these walls are the stories that I can explain. Leave my heart open, but it stays right here empty for days. We clawed, we chained our hearts in vain. We jumped, never asking why. We Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm Jason Grill. You've joined us on the radio on 980 AM or on podcast. Thanks to our listeners and supporters of the show. Great show so far today with Justin Watkins, who's the CEO and founder of Native Digital and Jake Jacobson, Vice President of Growth and Partnerships at Native Digital. Their website is nativedigital.com. Justin, you were telling us a little story about kind of what your clients uh, want, need, and how they kind of how you guys kind of roll with them in a no surprises policy kind of way. Kind of fill us in on that. You were going into more of that. Yeah, like I like I said, our, our clients have a, a lot of influence on how we're shaped and formed and, and how we continue to grow. Um, you know, we, we quarterly check in with them and have them grade us on how we're doing. We ask questions like, hey, what's frustrating and painful about this process, you know, to get some really blunt responses so we can improve on that. Um, this, this summer really afforded us a chance to have some more in-depth conversations on this. And, you know, some of the obvious things came out, you know, they're looking for business performance, they're looking for perspective, but we were really surprised to find that a lot of clients just want more visibility into the process. Um, I think they feel like whenever they're working with a new marketing firm, it feels very risky. They don't want to make a wrong mistake. They've been burned in the past. Uh, it's hard to, you know, trust that you're making a good decision. And so visibility and this idea that I, I just don't want to be surprised. I want to know what I'm going to get. I want to see how it's going to go. I want to meet the team, those types of things really stood out. I mean, it, people would light up when they, and then we talk about, you know, providing more visibility into the process. And so we've really tried to, make that a big deal with how we work and how we engage with our clients. And it's, you know, we tried to, we tried to suggest, you know, all these kind of fancy new ways of doing things. And they're like, listen, we just, we just don't want to be surprised. You know, it, if you can show me that this is going to work out and, 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 you know, I can work with these people and you're not going to do overage billing and, and 
you're not going to hide these types of things for us. And you're going to include us in the process. That's what I'm after. And so it really became very simple. And so full visibility is a term that gets used a lot around our office to make sure that we're providing that to our clients. Very interesting and very important. Let's talk about some of the, the projects you've worked on. You mentioned those briefly at the beginning, just so uh, folks listening and, and can kind of really understand kind of the verticals you all work in. Um, Jake, why don't you start us off there and then we'll throw it to Justin again. Sure. So right now, especially with the way that 2020 has played out, we're doing a lot of work in the finance industry with e-commerce, you know, as people are doing a lot more from home, you know, and visiting a lot of those places, less brick and mortar. Um, so that's kind of evolved into a focus area for us. But traditionally, just because a lot of the history of the team, uh, we've done a lot of work in hospitality. Um, and, you know, we mentioned San Jose and the Crossroads Hotel. So um, I know you and I have had a couple of drinks at the Crossroads Hotel last over the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of bars reopening. Maybe you know, we'll mask up, but we'll show up. Why yeah, not? we can do that. Absolutely. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. And this was before my time there, but uh, getting to launch the Crossroads Hotel and becoming, you know, kind of giving those different locations their names, whether it's Lazia, XR, or Percheron, the rooftop bar. And so for me, it's been a lot of fun coming in and hearing these things that were kind of put in place before I was there uh, and see them still living strong. You know, like I was just at a chamber event pre-COVID at Crossroads, and they were essentially saying all the messaging points that the native team had introduced to them back when they first opened their doors. So that type of implementation to where it's not just kind of done like that work lives on was really cool to see. Um, Rebranding the city of San Jose uh, was an early one. And so again, so I think with our roots that's there, a, that's a big one, man, because that's a city that has, you know, everyone talks about Silicon Valley and they don't necessarily talk about San Jose. Right. Which was the point. So Justin, tell that story because it's fantastic. This is the one that we started sharing in some of our talks. And I tried to retire the case study, but people kept coming up and saying, hey, would you share that case study again? So we give the crowd what they want and share the case study again. But you got we, were, we were, we started with them maybe four, five years ago. And they're the 10th largest city in the country and very few people could even point to where they're at on the map. I mean, most people can't even tell you if it's South California or, or Northern California. Um, so in fact, the day we flew out there to meet with city hall, it was just published that week, uh, that they were labeled the most forgettable city in the United States. And so we, sh we, you know, we showed that in a meeting like, so this is where we're at. This is our benchmark. And they were trying to figure out how do we attract businesses? How do we attract talent? Um, how do we, you know, part of that was how do we raise the self-esteem of the city? That's not an easy thing to do. In fact, I think the easiest thing to do is have the sports team be successful. That'll raise the city's self-esteem. And Kansas Cityans know that with the Royals and the Chiefs. So how do you do that outside of that? So that's what they tasked us with. So we basically came up with the two and a half year plan of how do we raise the city's self-esteem starting not from the top down, but from the bottom up. And how do we do that organically grassroots and have the patience to see it through and what we said we were definitely not going to do was do a bunch of work in a cave, have it approved by City Hall, stand on the steps of City Hall and say, this is who you are, San Jose, and then have it immediately rejected by the citizens. And so instead, what we did was we found a group of about 40 or 50 people who have influence, who are leaders in different ways, very diverse points of view, disagree with each other on a lot of things, but we found that commonality that unites them. And we created some work and identity work. Uh, and rollout campaigns that really started with them. And we started seeing adoption uh, through this. And people were walking around with these San Jose t-shirts that we created and stickers on their phones. And uh, they saw it in the magazine. They didn't know who's behind it. 
they definitely didn't think the government was behind it. You know, it was not a government funded thing. They thought it was some artist or a magazine or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it kind of took on its life of its own. And that's, that was the whole point was to not have complete control over it, let the city take it for what it was. And I think the culmination of it was when we found out that someone had tattooed it on their leg. And then this guy had this great story. He had lost 180 pounds jogging. He was, he was a big guy and not his friends were like, you gotta get healthy. And so he started jogging every city street in San Jose to celebrate losing this weight. He decided to enter, I think it was a marathon or half marathon. And he got this tattoo that he, of this logo they saw on people's t-shirts. We didn't know this guy. And, and so it ended up getting picked up in local press, which again, we had nothing to do with. And so we were like high-fiving each other. Like, this is awesome. Someone inked our work on their body permanently, you know? <laughs> and, and even the mayor got in on it. He's like, this is an incredible story. Hey, I'll, I'll get the same tattoo if I get a million retweets. He got close. Um, but that, that was like, for us, it's like, man, we, we did this sort of the opposite way you're supposed to, but it took on a life of its own and did things that we would never imagine. I mean, people talk, marketers love to come in and be like, oh, we're going to start a movement. If you're moving it the whole time, that's not a movement. This is, we let go of it and it started moving on its own. And that, that's when like the really cool stuff happened. It's hard to do, but man, we, we did it there. And so that's, that's the reason why when we share that at conferences and stuff, like people oh, that, come that up and ask those questions. Because people understand kind of so many, so many of these things that have failed as far as releases of whatever it's a new sports team's logo or Mm -hmm. a name of a sports team or a city redesign or you name it. And it's with the social media these days, it's could be either really good or really bad pretty quick. So Um, a city is one of the hardest things to do because think about how many stakeholders you have for a city and how many diverse points of view you have of a city. It's really hard to, it's really hard to put a, say, this is who we are. And, but it's a whole lot easier to do this for a company, right? So, you know, whenever we get hired by someone like Crossroads Hotel, to help them launch and make sure that people in Kansas City vouch for it to their friends who are traveling. Uh, it's not easy. It's not as hard as doing a city, right? So in many ways, we enjoy working on a brand more so than a city nowadays, just because there's not as many landmines uh, surrounding you guys, you guys, it. You guys have worked with Politico, um, which mm-hmm. obviously I read all the time. I've actually was a contributor there for a while, which I used to love Politico um, and Politico Pro. You've got Crossroads Hotel, City of San Jose, Virgin Mobile, Henderson Engineers here locally, uh, yep. did projects all over the United States. Just you've worked with nonprofits, just a lot of different things. Uh, how does that work locally? So you did this awesome thing for San Jose and you already have a hotel here. I mean, there's there, the hospitality industry is now growing again and it will. And there's more new hotels coming on, I feel like, and multifamily in Kansas City, of course. Uh, so now, now, now there's new cool hotels. You guys launched those too. I mean, the, the crossroads so are cool already. So what? What's the next one? You you would probably not believe this, but when COVID hit, we were engaged with helping launch three hotels. All of that work moved forward uninterrupted, no changes. If anything, I think the launch of the hotel was delayed like a couple months. But we launched three of them just in the past wow. couple months. Hotel Kansas City, which anybody listening to Kansas City, I would urge you to go there whenever you can. That's this the old gonna, Kansas City Club, is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, got a, it's got an awesome story and yeah. awesome food and, and kind of bar options there. Town company. I heard, I heard Jake got married there. That's how I'm dedicated married. I am I to our clients. Married, You've gone public with it. It's in your Twitter bio. Exactly, yeah. No, that's that's how committed I am to the success of our clients is that we were the first guests in the first wedding at Hotel Kansas City. But, yeah, it's amazing. But, yeah, and to Justin's point, to have two others open up, um, St. Louis has a new Lake Meridian and then, um, and then in, 
in the Poconos, there's a mountain yeah, resort yeah. that we're helping open up right now with, you know. That sounds like a fun place to go do some uh, meetings at. Absolutely. <laughs> so it, it's just it's just wild that we were able to, you know, continue with that work. Um, at the same time, we've, everything we do is through referrals. And so it, it does if it doesn't look like an intentional plan, it's because it wasn't. We, we try to do good work and then people talk about us and then we get something else. And if it fits, then we say yes. And so uh, we are trying to, you know, intentionally go towards, you know, certain industries more so, but we, we continue to catch this work through referrals. And so that's why we do this kind of placemaking for hospitality and commercial real estate. But, you know, a big part of what's happened for, to us this year is, you know, a lot of these more financial service brands have been asked us for lead gen. And then the big thing that really kind of took off is consumer products manufacturers are coming to us and saying, hey, I used to sell X amount through retail and that evaporated, but e-com without me doing anything is starting to go. How can I you know, add fuel to that? Can you guys help us step up? And we're really taking, it's not mom and pop shops. It's, it's really legit manufacturers who are trying to get to that enterprise level e-commerce and they're trying to do it through multiple channels. It's not just, hey, I think I can sell this one thing on Amazon. It's like, how can I have five different channels online to move this product? And that's a, that's a lot of fun for our team because you see the immediate impact. We're either selling or we're not selling. And yeah, so they, we love. They realize they've been succeeding despite themselves and now they're yeah. ready to take it seriously. We love how black and white that is. We're going to talk about that again on, a, on our last segment today after the break. You're listening to the Grill Nation show on 980 AM or on Apple Podcasts. We'll be right back. I had a dream so big and loud. I jumped so high. I touched the clouds. Whoa. to the Grill Nation show. I am your host, Jason Grill. Thanks again for joining us today. I really appreciate it. We are joined again by Justin Watkins and Jake Jacobson from Native Digital, nativedigital.com. You guys have gotten some great recognition recently. I, I, I picked up Adweek. I used to get it mailed to me, but I picked it up on a, on a LinkedIn post I saw this time around. Uh, tell us about that recognition, Justin. Yeah, we were, we were really surprised and happy to find out that um, this year, Adweek ranked us as the fourth fastest growing uh, Midwest ad agency. Um, so just to even have our name associated with Adweek is a big deal. It's a reason to celebrate. Our team was really happy about that. We've, we've hit some growth lists like that before with you know, Kansas City Business Journal, Ingram's, the uh, Inc. 500 had listed us before. But I don't know. There was something special about being in Adweek. I think that felt like a really great endorsement of our team. So we definitely had a, a, a Zoom call to celebrate that internally. <laughs> well, what I loved about that one was out of the five uh, top-ranked firms in the Midwest, we were the ones that got to represent Kansas City. So there were three Chicago, one out of Michigan, and then we were there sharing some Kansas City love. So it was nice to be able to to rep Kansas City on that you know big list. Yeah, I love that. You guys are always doing that. Again, um, how about the Raptors? We might see them coming to Kansas City. And I love it. I, I our our city, man. We we deserve that. We deserve that opportunity. We need, we, I think, and, and what's funny is it's like, well, it's coming up quick now. So the season starts December 22nd. So we got to find out here in the next couple of weeks, I would think. Show, show the country what our fans can do, man. We have great fans here. And I would love uh, for everybody to be able to show, you know, what a Kansas City fan is like. Well, especially people know, you know, from the Super Bowl parade and the World Series parades, how much we love our Chiefs and Royals. But I don't think well, the rest of the soccer guy, aren't you? 
It's that, I, I love soccer. Yeah. yeah. Except for the time that I tore my ACL playing it. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I think that if, if the rest of the country saw the way that the big 12 tournament turns out, you know, and the way that just basketball fans take over downtown, I think people would realize that this is a legit uh, candidate for to be the home of the Raptors. You no, know, and that is a point that you just made. I talked to somebody from a Canadian who's a big Raptors fan, uh, and they live in California now. But when I mentioned Kansas City, they, they they didn't consider us a basketball area because they had no idea about the Big Twelve. I mean, they're Canadian, right? So they they don't they don't really know about the Big Twelve tournament. But when you and the College Basketball Hall of Fame, and and when you share that information with them, it kind of is like, okay, I could see it. And uh, I, I just think it's about education. It's about what you guys did. It's about spreading the message. Well, it, yeah, it's, it's such a good regional draw. It, it matters. Anybody who's in business, um, who, who works outside of Kansas City, who works on the coasts, you have to sell Kansas City before you sell your business. You, and, it, and if you're not, then you're probably doing it wrong. I mean, you, you, people want to know, why do I work with somebody from Kansas City? If you're talking to someone in New York, L.A., they want to know that. And um, what do you tell them, Justin? Well, first of all, I, have to, I know that that's an obstacle. Whenever they think of Kansas City, if I'm talking to someone from L.A. or San Francisco, first of all, they can't even point to where Kansas City is. They think right. it's probably in the middle. Right. They think we're in the middle of Kansas. So they don't even know where it's at. And they don't care. To be honest, they just don't care. And I'm sure the opinion that comes with us being from Kansas City isn't, isn't a glowing one. So we have an uphill battle to, and, and to prove ourselves. One of the things that really helps is having Super Bowl champs, World Series champs, having professional teams. It makes us a professional city. It puts us on the map. So not only am I a, a basketball fiend who would love to see Raptors here and, and go watch some of these guys in person, I want it for the business community because it helps us sell ourselves whenever we're outside of the city. And so whenever I am trying to sell Kansas City, I don't know. I, to me, number one, I don't make a big deal about it. But if we demonstrate, if we get very quickly into demonstrating the level of talent, that at least we have in our organization as well as our city, it kind of speaks for itself. And it's the same as when people travel here. They'll, they'll hit up a couple of different restaurants. They'll see the museums. And they're like, oh, wow. You know, we don't have to say it. We just need to show it. So um, to me, that's the best thing you can do is, is just show up strong and really bring it. If you get the opportunity, really bring it. And so that's what we try to do. Yeah, I remember when I was at Children's Mercy, I had uh, reporters from Popular Science and from Bloomberg come into town like my first couple of months on the job there. And you bet I made sure to drive them around and really show them Kansas City. And both of those reporters you know, said something along the lines of, I never would have guessed that this was happening in Kansas City. I never thought that this was what I would see in Kansas City. And so I think part of it is not getting defensive, but getting excited, you know, and being excited to be a tour guide and a champion. And I think, you know, our, our mutual friends at Charlie Hustle have done such a great job with this. When we do the San Jose case study, it feels like what happened when you started seeing those Casey Hart shirts show up around town. And I still remember being in Hawaii and seeing somebody wearing a Kansas City shirt in Hawaii. And I'm like, most of the time, like, I remember first moving to town, downtown was dead. And in the 2000s, you would hide your Kansas City stuff when you would travel, you know. And now it's more you bring off those shirts and you love to wear them. So um, I think just collectively, the city having much more pride than we did, you know, definitely 20 years ago. And being having ways to show it, I think, has been a big deal. Jake, uh, talk to us about kind of um... – the transition from kind of a larger scale operation at Garmin and Children's Mercy to a uh, growing startup, an entrepreneurial type atmosphere, which is working with major clients throughout the world and the country. Um, are you are you loving it? Yeah, I mean, again, the, the team around me inspires me every day. And like, I'm often the dumbest one in the room, just because I get to learn from the performance marketing team, um, just how their campaigns are working. 
And I think my favorite aspect of it is because I absolutely loved Garmin and Children's Mercy, but being on a smaller team, we move so quickly and everyone's so willing to just jump in and get their hands dirty and getting to do that for at any given time, 20, 30, 40 different brands at once is really cool. So my job has definitely changed, but now I get to go out and ask, you know, this company or this nonprofit or this big brand, you know, how can we help? And getting to tackle that, knowing that this roster of 25 people can tackle any of those challenges, that's when I get excited about it. Um, and knowing that it's not transactional. So again, we're not just looking to close a deal or sign a scope. We're really, I mean, we believe every conversation we have that we can help them with the challenge that they're having right now. And that's entirely because of the talent back in the shop. It's certainly not any talent I have. It's because of everybody that else is on the roster that they can come in and tackle these challenges. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a, a really cool change of pace. We got a couple minutes left, guys. Just some quick advice that you've gotten that maybe has stuck with you throughout your career. Uh, let's start with Justin. Oh man, hit me on the spot with a tough one. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I will say, you know, whenever I'm talking to a college class uh, later today, and a lot of them are like really uh, struggling, right? Like they're they're like, man, leave it to me. I, one, of, one of the last times I was talking to them, they're like it's my luck that there would be a global pandemic when I graduate college. Right. And, you know, there's a couple of things I say to him. One of them is that, you know, yeah, you, you do have a bigger obstacle here as you're graduating, but like nobody can stop you other than yourself. Right. Like if you, if you are going to do this as a career, just like, don't give up, you know, like figure out how you get there. What are some things that you can do to get there? And, and persistence pays off and determined people typically have more options than, than those who wait for it to come to them. So, you know, I think, uh, that's always been true. It's true when you're trying to get your first job. It's true if you're trying to start up a company. It's like if you're if you're going after something that's worthwhile and you're determined, and you break down those steps. Like you you can accomplish way more than you think. But it takes it takes setting that goal very clearly. I think and, and breaking it down. I think I ranted about something on LinkedIn today about that. You know, there's a difference between setting the goal and working towards it versus just thinking, oh, that'd be cool, and not doing a whole lot towards it, right? Or just doing things. So um, beyond that. You know, I, I think people get mistaken on chasing prestige and things like that in their career and getting on like fast growth ranking lists, you know, and things like that. But it's, it's more about the people you surround yourself with by far. It doesn't really matter. I don't think it really matters what you do as a professional. If you're around good people, you're going to enjoy it. And so that, that has always been our focus at Native is like we're trying to build a dream team, not because we want to achieve something. It's because we want to be on that dream team. We want to like be around those people. That's what it's about. It's just like being on that team. So that's our focus right now. It's just quality and, and good people. So that's our focus. That's great. And Jake, uh, we've run out of time, but if you had one word to summarize your best advice, what would it be? Empathy. Appreciate everyone else's perspective. Love that. What, what a great way to end the show as we end 2020 here soon. Empathy. I love it. Justin Watkins, Jake Jacobson from Native Digital. Their website is nativedigital.com. Thanks for coming on the Grill Nation show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having us. And thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week. Take care, everybody. See this life like a swinging vine. Swing my heart across the line. In my face is flashing signs.